one. Wisdom is water. I'm the daughter of the cannon fodder. Applied knowledge and insight. A born scholar. Look like a martyr to marauders like Tartar. Wise out slaughter. Whack MCs order a plotter. Original woman decipher the womb. Crown of creation. Fruit of the planet. Earth and the moon. Peace, peace, peace. Welcome to another episode of Wise the Dome. Uh, today I have a very special guest, man. He's an author. He's uh he has a research team. He has a dope YouTube channel, uh, Kofi Pasa. Appreciate you for coming to the show, bro. Man, appreciate man you for having me, man. Appreciate it. No doubt, no doubt, man. So I like to, you know, start from the beginning. Um, what kind of sparked you on your journey? Uh, you know, to learn your history and gain a knowledge yourself and become African centered. Um. <laughs> that's interesting um um i'm a freemason mm -hmm. and um been a freemason man for about about 17 to 18 years and um actually i was on on facebook and was in a, a masonic group and bumped into an individual you know sad to say I, but i was on the 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 thing of moses was the one that skilled the egyptians Right. Mm -hmm. So we got on the back and forth with that. But I always been an open, you know, I always had an open minded. So me going back and forth with this guy, I just said, hey, look, let's just get offline. I'm going to give you my number and um, let's just chop it up over the phone. You know, so we chopped it over the phone. So it went from us having a dialogue to me just listening to what he had to say. So he introduced me to like a lot of books. And um, I said, you know what, I'm going to um, uh, check these books out. So I ordered a few books and um uh, Man, and uh, from there, man, that sparked my interest into uh, Kemet. So first, before I got into West Africa, I got into Kemet. I'm, mm -hmm. I was so I got into Kemet, and I wanted to learn what they call the hieroglyphs of the Sesh Metanetra, is what it's mm -hmm. called. So I found Wuja. I don't know if you, you know Wuja. Yeah, I don't Wuja know yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, some kind of way, I bought Wuja. I bought Wuja a book, but didn't know really who Wuja was. Mm -hmm. And then um, I ended up finding out he had a class. So I ended up taking Wu Jawa class. Mm -hmm. And um, so I took the session metanature class to learn the session metanature. And from there, you know, I, I just sparked a more interest for Africa in general, just the dialogue that we had out uh, off offline, you know what I'm saying, after the class, because the class was online. So after the classes, a lot of us that was in the class, we would have these dialogues and we would talk about Africa. They would talk about Africa. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, would listen and continue to buy more books. And then I just one day made it, uh, you know, a, a, a personal interest for me to, you know, to stop buying cars, rims, jewelry, and um, invest in books so I can invest in my mind, man. Mm. So, you know, and, and from there, man, I went from being chemic crazy to being introduced to uh, Benjamin Njai, who y'all call Black yeah. Panther, mm -hmm. and um, got introduced to him through a conference and then a show that he did. That show actually changed my whole trajectory of just looking at North Africa, looking at Kemet, and changed my studies from just studying the session of nature and studying Kemet to dig into West Africa. So I began to uh, buy books that specifically deal with uh, West Africa and and um, started going on, kind of separated myself a little bit from the session metal nature because we had a group 
we still have the YouTube channel, but we had a YouTube channel showing people in real time that we don't need the Egyptologists. We can translate and transliterate the glyphs in real time. So we created we created a show, Freestyle Fridays and Divine Words Wednesdays, where we will come in and transliterate and translate uh, different steles and different glyphs from off of the wall, showing you our uh, our skill set and translating the glyphs. But I started, ventured off into my West African thing. I went from YouTube, not YouTube, but uh, Facebook. So I started screaming live on Facebook. Man, I'm saying probably like three days a week. Mm. And I did that consistently, consistently until I got uh, the attention of Ben, which mm. I knew Ben prior to uh, me getting on my West African, me my West African journey, uh, all my studies. And um, got the attention of him. And, uh, you know, he presented an opportunity for me to join. He said he had been watching me in the group, had been watching me for several months. And uh, I, I said I would be a good fit for him, man. So I joined the Masa Warrior Clan in 2008. And from there, uh, the Masa Warrior Clan, me being on it, kind of just shopping my skills more. So I honed more on West Africa, man. And, uh, you know, that's where I've been ever since, man. So um been studying it, man, for a while, probably for the past, Africa in general for the past 10 years, but West Africa uh, culture, tradition, and history, and language probably the past eight years. Oh, dope, man. Um, kind of makes me, you know, like, what do you think? Because <clears throat> a lot of people's uh, journey intellectually, as far as whenever they... Um, learn about Africa starts with Kemet. I know mine did as well, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then the more you learn, you begin to learn about your direct ancestors in mm -hmm. West and Central Africa and things of that nature. But I noticed that in doing so, right, the more we begin to gravitate, to gravitate towards uh, West and Central Africa in our studies, there becomes a group of people that I feel like may take things a little bit overboard and, you know, call anybody who's studying Egypt, the uh, Egyptomaniac and all of these kind of things that we see, it's still an African culture, right? Regardless to whether it's our direct ancestors or not. What do you think about like a lot of the recent, um, talk about, you know, or, or people being shamed, I guess, for being into, uh, you know, ancient Kemet and studying the culture and, you know, that being something that they gravitate towards. Well, man, I'll be honest with you, man. It's, I hadn't really listened to uh, a bunch of the conversations. You know, I, I, um, I know uh, Brother Smash, uh, Brother mm -hmm. Jonathan Owens, Mm -hmm. I know he had, you know, weighed in on the topic. I know Wujawa weighed in on the topic. Asar weighed in on the topic. Uh, Uncle Kid weighed in on the topic. Chief X weighed in on the topic. So I know, a, you know, I, uh, the conversation, but I just kind of try to stay uh, stay out of it because everybody has their own different. Asar has his, Asar position is almost the same as Wu. Uh, Smash position is different. Mm -hmm. Uncle position is different than all of those chief uh position is different than all of those people um as well but i just never just really kept up on it my thing is 
um the back and forth the back and forth is uh is non-productive and what i mean right. by non-productive is it takes away the reason why i don't look at them is because once you you start to engage and then you let all these other people to try to weigh in on the conversation when you dealing with something trying to deal with something directly you know what i'm saying chaos and confusing so mm -hmm. people that are actually trying to learn and understand you know why one is saying this is a riparian zone or they arguing that this is a riparian zone and one arguing that this is the the land of black and they going through the session metanature and saying see this is a word for black they did describe themselves this is the position that smash were taking and then asar and Wu said this is the riparian zone this means the riparian zone and et cetera. And then on position a little bit different in between. Um, but you know, like I'm saying, I think the it should be papers. It should be articles mm. written, you know what I'm saying? To keep the confusion down yeah. instead of letting everybody on your panel because people, people once you put them on a panel and you get all these different opinions and people go to arguing back and forth, you know what I'm saying? You can't learn anything no more. Well, it's a turn off for me. Yeah. So I I can't that and I'm speaking for me personally. So that's the reason why I didn't weigh in. But these these are these positions. I mean, this is nothing new. I mean, in the next two years, three years, this same position is going to take place because prior to that, 2000 and 2000 and maybe 2018, it was the same argument. It was the same mm -hmm. argument between Wu uh, and Asar, but specifically Asar and um. Um. Oh, what's the brother name, man? Um. Uh, be on sign that. Uh, uh, brother, brother Reggie. Yeah, yeah. So, mm -hmm. brother Reggie, and then and, and and um, you know, so it they took it to the ass cap. They presented the ass cap. It was another guy. Um, I can't think of the elder name, but the other elder had the same uh had the same position as brother Reggie had. So, you know, with the land of the black. So like mm -hmm. I'm saying, man, these arguments just gonna come back again in two years. Right. They just gonna they're gonna come back. Before somebody it's I don't see nothing wrong with with uh studying Kimmy. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? If you look at Kimmy, Kimmy is one of the longest reigning empires that ever existed till this day. Right. You know what I'm saying? That empire reigned for five thousand years. You right. see, you know what I'm saying? So it is the longest reigning empire and it's, it has a study you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying they created a whole study and a whole science behind egypt you know so most of the people are in egypt you got the archaeologists you got the anthropologists there's are are, are are in egypt just digging and, and finding remains and, and and you know finding fossils and and, and finding other uh buildings of erections and stuff so you know it's nothing wrong with that you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um a studying in an African culture, you know right. what I'm saying? So, you know, like I'm saying, like I say, it's nothing wrong with that, but you do have some people that take the position that, you know, you shouldn't be studying Egypt. Your lineage is not in, in Egypt. And like you say, people begin to use these uh, degrading terms, the same as mm -hmm. the Europeans has been doing for years, using degrading terms when it comes to our culture. Right. So now you got people that's using the word blackology, Mm -hmm. You got people using the word Egypt, I mean, Egypt, 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 what is it? Egypt mania or Egypt mm -hmm. maniacs or whatever, the, whatever. So they now they're using these derogatory terms because you got uh, uh, Pacific uh, brothers who are uh, Pacific skill set or uh, 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 studies 
or in Africa or in North Africa, which is in, in Kemet, you know, and right. most of the brothers that I'm talking about is Brother Wu and uh, Brother Sar, Brother Smash Rockwell, Brother Sanjeti, mm -hmm. who are adamantly um, studying uh, the session of nature. You know, all of those, all of them had done various, you know, have done classes yeah. mm -hmm. of teaching Kemet and trying to get people an understanding of uh uh, Kemet or the, the Remich is what they go by, the Remich culture. Indeed, indeed. Um, it kind of leads up to the next question, right? Because, like I said, um, you know, that's still an African culture that we're dealing with, whether it's our direct ancestors or not. But in a broader sense, and dealing with how we um, can make something applicable to today's time, right? And um, whether it be in education, with, whether it be with how we move uh, personally, how we raise our families. Um, to you, what does it mean to be African-centered? Oh, man, to me, it means everything, man. I mean, we have truly lost our identity. And I, I, feel, I feel like we're lost without being African-centered. We, we are doing stuff outside of the... Uh, outside of the norm mm -hmm. we're teaching our we're teaching our children um a a, a, a a different perspective a eurocentric perspective or arab perspective you know what i'm saying and i feel like that being african-centered and what i mean african-centered is if we attach ourselves to the culture you know what i'm saying i believe that we can move forward if we do that and and, and by that what i mean is you got certain elements within the culture, right? Like one, like the rites of passage. The rites of passage to me are very important. Mm. The rites of passages, you mm. know what I'm saying? One, when you look at the rites of passage, you look at the naming right, the naming rites of passage. A lot of times, many, many, uh, many people will have multiple names, but those names are reflecting their destiny. So their name, they have to live up to their names, you know? So, not only not only that, then you got the adult right. The adult right is now you got the women and the women who are separated from society and now they are going off into uh, 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 exile or they're going off into wilderness by themselves and they are being teach, teaching certain things. They're being teaching certain things about uh, history. You know what I'm saying? About their culture, history, their culture. They're being taught certain things about what a man is supposed to do, what a woman is supposed to be, you know, what a woman is basically supposed to be going through. They're supposed to be going through uh, uh, tribulations, you know what I'm saying? So when those things happen, they know how to deal with those types of things, you know what I'm saying? They're teaching them how to how to be proper adults and, 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 and facilitating uh, them that you know, man is supposed to be woman and how important a family, how a family unit is supposed to be, you know, not only with the adults, right? Because we think now that in this culture that once our children turn 18, they just, the, the grown right. gene just automatically right. turn right. off. Right, right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? So but now, and, and even with those rites of passages, and I can keep going through the rites of passages, it's, it's like different levels of uh of different levels of thought mm -hmm. each rites of passage you gain more information it's like you're graduating from one because even when you become a, you get you 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 be initiated and you go through those rites of passages 
and you come back, you come back after being exiled or, 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 or away from the community for a while. When you come back, the community greets you and they only they grease you as a young man. Now you looked at as a young man, you're not looked at as an adolescent, you're not looked at as a young male uh, or a young female anymore, but still you have to go, there's different stages to adults. So you have to go through something else later on till you get to the uh till you get to the elder right. You know what I'm saying? So and you can't be an elder unless you meet all those criteria as being going through those rights of patches as an as an adult. And then you can become an elder within the community. You know what I'm saying? And there's certain criteria that take, you know, um uh being an elder. That's why I don't risk and, and and that too. We can look at elders because I look at elders if they don't meet certain criteria from an African perspective. You know what I'm saying? I don't look at them as elders. They say they are older. So I call them olders and not elders. I don't mm. have to respect the older, but I have to respect the elder. Right. But an elder have to reach certain criteria. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, with good character. Right. And that's another thing that 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 takes place within African culture. It is cultivating or it's building character. And uh, I know in science, you know, science says through certain evolutions and something, you you know, you get the homo sapiens sapiens, the human being, right? But in African culture, in order to be a person or personhood or a human, you have to reach the highest thing of human humanitarian. So mm -hmm. you have so that comes with building character. That comes with cultivating your character. And in the uh, the Yoruba culture, it's called. Uh, Iwariri, or you know, gentle character. You know what I'm saying? Or a gentle character is Iwapele. Iwariri is good character. So one must have good character. And when we understand, once we develop and cultivate that good character, then we can build and we can trust each other. Because right. now I can, I don't have to walk by you and not think that that's not good character to not acknowledge someone else's existence. Right. So we walk by people and don't even acknowledge their, uh, their, their existence. You know what I'm saying? We don't, you know what I'm saying? We don't even treat other people with, with, with kindness. We, we, we throw respect out the door because now we want to always little boy or, or get one up on, you know, get one up on each other or mm -hmm. try to scheme one another. So good character come with so many different characteristics. So if, if we, was African-centered, we would understand these types of things that deals in our culture that builds us, that cultivate our, that cultivates our character, that builds our mm. character one another. And then we can understand that two hands, I maybe mean, well, six hands is better than two hands. Right. You know what I'm saying? Unification is the key. But now we 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 don't we don't practice communalism. You know what I'm saying? Tribalism. You know what I'm saying? We practice individualism. That is not our culture. Yeah. Practice individualism. So African-centered, you know what I'm saying, is very, very important because, again, we are practicing someone else's culture. That's why we disrespect our women as well. You know what I'm saying? We dis we 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 held an Af African culture. We 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 held our women to the highest regards. Right. She births all nations. She births right. all civilizations. You know what I'm saying? All life come through the womb of a woman. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you know, from their culture, you know what I'm saying? Their 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 thing is God is above man, and man is above woman. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So. right, right, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's real, man. Um. Also, man, congratulations on the new book, um, Africa's Hair. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, make sure you cop this. Make sure you cop this book. Um, Africa's Hair, Before, During, and After Slavery. Um, what was your inspiration to write this book? Man, um, well, actually, I've been doing this study for, man, I'm going to say about five years. Mm-hmm. I did a, I don't know if I did a presentation first, because before I started writing books, I started writing articles first. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, no, I did the presentation first. I did a small presentation on my channel. And then I turned around and then I wrote an article and and then I met um, um, a sister, uh, Sister Ladosha, who has a uh, a library in Gambia. So some of our books from the Kofi Paisai research team, some of our volumes are two of our volumes are in Gambia. And they are in the library in the schools, the Gay Journal Skills Academy that they have in Gambia. But I met this sister through uh uh, uh, Kevin Chill, and and she's she's she was an instructor where she taught the, the uh, students in Gambia online every week. So we build a relationship, and she actually helped us build a relationship with uh, Fatu Sangay, who is the owner and operator of those schools in in um uh, in Gambia. So she began to put on numerous shows where she would invite me on these shows with other professionals in the field of hair mm-hmm. and certain certain things. Mm-hmm. And um so uh she kind of like re-sparked my interest because I had been wrote these articles about four or five the articles and did a thing about four or five years ago. And then she put me in a documentary. She has a documentary that came out in December, but it's supposed to, no, it came out in December, but it's supposed to came out, I think, in like October. Mm-hmm. So she had been filming it for about a year and she created a show to uh, promote the documentary coming out, the dumbest shit that black folks say about hair. Mm-hmm. And it's, she has a podcast, a powerful mm-hmm. podcast, her and this mm-hmm. other sister. And so I will begin to listen to their podcast every Monday, every Monday, mm-hmm. begin to listen to their podcast. And then she asking me for, you know, bringing me on for certain, you know, for my expertise on certain things. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when she put me in a documentary, the documentary just inspired me. And I said, I got to write this book. Right. So I wanted to surprise her and surprise everybody. I said, OK, I got uh, five years worth of, of, of research that I mm-hmm. just got, you know, far as books, far as notes I took, far as articles that I had. Mm-hmm. So I just pulled a lot of those articles um, that I had, a lot of the books. I went and took them off the shelf, um, you know, did a little bit more research on some other things, man. And then I began to uh, start working on the book back after I put out. Well, actually, I started working on this book and I put it down. I worked, was working on it, but I ended up putting out a book. Uh, about six months ago, seven months, called the Mandingo Theory, mm-hmm. the castrations of Africans in in the sex craze conceptualization. Mm-hmm. And after I finished that, I went back and finished this book because I my initial goal was to have the book out simultaneously with the documentary. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. didn't work out like that because I wanted to send the book to some professionals who are licensed and who are in field as far as people who do hair, people, instructors, teachers, you know what I'm saying? Barber instructors, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. et cetera, and some of my comrades to look at the book as well, you know what I'm saying, before I actually put the book out. So I halted on that too. I got some feedback from everyone. And um, then I, you know, after I got, you know, some feedback, I went on ahead and uh, said it's time to go ahead and publish the book. 
why do you think um, hair is so important to African people? Man, hair means so many different things. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Hair is, okay, everybody used the words African spirituality. Mm -hmm. Everybody used the word African traditional religion, or you hear them say ATRs, right? Mm -hmm. So... I try to stay away from the old word, even though, you know, I uh, uh, I look up to my brother, uh, Black Panther, and we published a book through my, uh, published his book through my uh, same tree, different branch publishing company, African Spirituality. Mm -hmm. And, but he's moving away from that word as well. So I wrote a book um, two, almost two years ago called Beautiful Lessons about Kimoyo. Mm -hmm. And Kimoyo is a better term that fits what African culture traditions or African way of life is, you know? And so I try to get away from those words, African spirituality and the African, African traditional religion, especially African traditional religion, because we have no agency over that word. A European created that word, but then right. we had John Mbiti and we had another brother mm -hmm. from Kenya who took on that word and made it popular and got mm -hmm. it in the academic. They were the one that got it in the academic, in academia right. realm. Mm -hmm. So, but we have no agency over those words. So I said, let's use something that better describe it. Something that, and that word Kimoyo comes from out of the Congo. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, um, dang, I lost my train of thought. Uh, that's all good. Uh, about African hair. Why is it so important? Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So with the beautiful lessons about Kimoyo, in that book, I talk about the different elements that make up Kimoyo. Rites mm -hmm. of passages, rituals, uh, sacrifice, uh, mass, venerating the ancestors, pouring libations, oral traditions. Mm -hmm. But I didn't talk. I didn't talk about hair in in the book. But those, all those things, our names are elements of kimoyo, or what people say, African spirituality or African, because it's connected to our spirituality. Mm -hmm. Af uh, our ancestors believed that the the highest point on the head or the, it is your hair, the head controls the whole body. Mm -hmm. So they believe that the, the soul rested inside the hair and mm -hmm. that they could communicate to the supreme deities or to, or to the deities because in African culture, you have the supreme deity mm -hmm. and then you have the lesser deities, mm -hmm. you know? So in that sense, I don't care where you look at, you're going to always have the supreme deities and you're going to have the lesser deities, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people know about the Orishas. The Orishas are the lesser deities, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, um, so, but they believe that, you know, through, you know, that they could communicate through the hair and not only they could communicate through the hair, even through birth and death, that deaths, that once one is born, they cuts off the hair uh, to the newborn so that the spirit, so for the spirit can come from the spiritual world into the, the world of the living. And then mm. when one dies, they shave the hair. So now that the spirit can transition from the mm. living world back into the spiritual world. So it also was connected to hair was connected to their spirituality, right. but not only just connected to the spirituality, you know what I'm saying? Afro, uh, hair meant multiple things. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? One may wear his hair. You may distinguish him as, okay, he's a part of the Kikuyu tribe, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Instead of the, the Himbo tribe, you know what I'm saying? By the hairstyle. You may know one with a, uh, hairdo um 
that may be of royal status, you know what I'm saying, by a certain hairstyle they have, you may, may, may see uh, one who is, um, you can tell by the age that they have not went through their rites of passions and been mm. recognized as an adult. When you right. look at the Himba people, you look at the young female who has her hair covered over her face, right? Mm -hmm. This 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 distinguishes that she is not a young woman yet. And right. then when she becomes a young woman, she's single and interested in being married. Now her hair is pulled to the back. Her locks are pulled to the back. Mm -hmm. Now one may know know now that okay that she's an adult. She's an adult and she's single and ready to be married. Right, and then, right. you know, and the same thing is, you know, with with the male. The male wear a ponytail on the right side of his head or in the middle side of his head, and this same ponytail or lock that the Egypt Egyptologists called the Haru lock, you will see this on the the walls of Kemet. This will signify that the child is an heir to Haru, right? Mm -hmm. But you see that same style that's in North Africa. You see that same style. In South Africa, you know, and but but that would distinguish that this is a young male, you know what I'm saying? So you would know that this child is still an adolescent boy. He has not reached manhood yet. He has not went through the initiation of the rites of passage yet. Mm. So, or, you know, and marriage, you know, you can notice one may be a priest through a hairstyle, you know, one may be an executioner through a high, uh, through a hairstyle, mm. you know what I'm saying? You may notice by a different hairstyle a certain person's occupation within the community by a hairstyle. So hair meant multiples and the same thing now to socialize. We do that now when we go to the barbershops. Mm. Women do that when they go mm -hmm. to the, the hair salons. You know, it was a form of socializing, getting together, you know what I'm saying, fellowshipping and socializing with one another. Right. Now, now do you, um like, so... Do you see, so, okay, and so, like, in the book, it talks about before, during, and after. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say some of the differences are, you know what I mean? Uh, without giving away too much, so, because we want people to buy the book, mm -hmm. but, like, how did slavery change some of that, or did it? Oh, yes, most definitely. It changed the whole thing, because... It changed our whole perception of our hair and the way that we look. It actually destroyed our image altogether, right? Mm -hmm. Because we took pride. We took pride in grooming ourselves. You know what I'm saying? We took pride in our looks. But they were the misconception is, or what people will tell you, that Africans were dirty. Africans didn't groom their hair, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They take care of themselves, but that's that's a misconception. That is that is that is false. So, and the and um, we're not giving away a lot of stuff in the book, but just okay. One of the Dutch explorers who came into Africa during the 15th century, during the trading, we know that Europeans traded with Africans prior to them wanting free labor and kidnapping them right. for free labor, right? Mm -hmm. So they began to see how they took pride in their hair and the different hairstyles. And one of the uh, the Dutch explorers, which his name is a skip in my mind right now, when he wrote his book, he had someone to sketch the different, the multiple hairstyles that they had. So they knew how important it was for them to have the hairstyle. So through slavery, 
some of the some of the slang owners would shave off their hair because they knew how connected they were with their hair because not only they it wore it in different styles they wore hair at for clothes mm. they they wore like wigs we think wigs is new we know our women and stuff like you to wear on the wigs but wigs that's that that was centuries ago mm. when the during the morning doing someone morning if if someone was kin to you and it's just in certain cultures Right. And, and it's some, some, where let's just say we look at, um, let's say, let me look at West Africa. One who would mourn, woman who would mourn, she would shave her hair off. Mm. And after, after the morning, after her morning stages, however long that would be, she would take that hair and they would make a wig out of it and wear it. And the children who, you know, and I told you when children are born in certain cultures, they would shave their hair so mm -hmm. the spirit can, so they would take that hair. And the medicine men would use those for healing tonics, or they would use the hair as a, 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 a for protection. Mm -hmm. So they would make some type of protection amulet with the hair. Hair was very important. So now they see all these things, and we get to slavery. They mm -hmm. begin to shave the hair off. You know, mm -hmm. shave the hair off the slaves. Right. Shave you, the hair you, off. You know what that Go kind ahead. of reminds me of? Not to mm -hmm. cut you off, because I want you to definitely keep going. Is how. And southern hoodoo practices, mm -hmm. you're not supposed to throw your hair away, and or like you know when you cut your hair in the house, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. woman cut her hair or something, because yeah. that hair could be something that, like you know, uh, uh, conjurers and root workers mm -hmm. could actually do something with. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, continue because that's a. I think that's a. Um, that's really a. We don't think about that aspect of, you know, that aspect of slavery when it comes to our identity. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we had no um, agency over ourselves and what we decided to do, right? Even though we still, in a lot of cases, snuck and did things, but hair is something that you know i mean everybody sees whenever they see you and i never really thought about that aspect of you know how that could be used to um demean the african who was enslaved you mm -hmm. know um and clearly it was yes yes sir it definitely it definitely was man and 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 through that process of them shaving the hair you know they began to talk about, you know, the comparing their hair to sheep, you know what I'm saying? So I use the, I say the other N-word, mm -hmm. you know, so I say the other N-word in the book. And, and I started that in my articles when I wrote the article about four or five years ago, the N-word, stop saying. And and I think that was some of the, the name of the article. And I knew when people looked at it, they probably thought I was talking about the 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 nigger word, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But I was talking about the word nappy, mm. which nappy, you know, um, we have took that same word mm -hmm. and we have... Um, uh, we have you know, used it to, to further the self-hate that was put on us. Right, right, right. So, you know, so, and I don't care how you pretty it up and whatever yeah. you say with I don't it like and it, try yeah. to embrace it. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I don't, you mm -hmm. know, so... But, um, yeah, so now you begin to these derog this derogatory term nappy start to take mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Hair is unattractive. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So, you know, your skin is unattractive. And now when one has to come into the the um, the slave owner's house, you know what I'm saying? The slave owner wife will, you know, would also talk about the woman or the male coming through about their hair being unattractive the skin. So this process just destroyed our image altogether. Mm -hmm. And when one come into the house, she had to have her head wrapped or she had to straighten her hair just like the slave owner wife was to say that she was presentable. This was the standard to look like this, right? Mm -hmm. So now they started to condition that this is the image that we should have, that your image or you, the way that your hair coiled and this certain coil, the spiral was a certain type of way, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, it's ugly, you know what I'm saying, or your hair is all, it's like wool, you know, when you mm -hmm. start talking about the word nappy. You know, and then they begin the certain things that they use that I talk about in the book that they use in nature. They no longer had these things to take care of their hair. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They was washing their hair and whipping their hair with stuff, man, right. that you can light heaters with, dog. So, so that's that's one of the things that that's that chapter there is uh, is like we were going to get to that anyway, but since you brought it up, <laughs> <laughs> um. um I thought that was really interesting. And I, if you can, I want you to explain some um, the chapter that talks about nature's hair care products, right? Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean for those, you know, because they're, they're going to buy the book, right? So mm -hmm. well, if you can, give a preview of what that means um, and what that meant as far as the hair products we use, the natural hair products that we use, you know, uh, in the past. Um, you know, some of those things that I named, we actually use today. I'll give you Chiba, the Chiba mm -hmm. plant. Mm -hmm. When one of the misconceptions about natural hair is that natural hair is dirty and then natural hair cannot grow long, right? Mm -hmm. So, and you look into the beauty and uh, hair care industry. They have in a lot of their hair growing products. They have uh, uh, um, a one element in 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 there, and it's the cheaper plant. Mm -hmm. And you know they're in they're in a few places in um, in West Africa. But let's speak about Chad, the Basara people. Mm -hmm. So the Basara people, the women, the Basara women, their hair I'm talking about is all the way down their butts, mm -hmm. and they use this cheaper plant. You know what I'm saying? And they saying that there's <coughs> Their deity blessed them on the hill with this certain plant mm -hmm. to, that they use. And it's a certain method that they go through that I talk about that they do in order to get the results, you know, that they rub and massage and stuff into their hair in order for their hair to go. So the Chiba plant is one of them. We think dying hair, you know, I my hair, I've been dying my hair for years. So dying hair, you know what I'm saying? Orca, it's mm -hmm. a clay. It's like mm. a reddish orange clay that they use. This was another thing that they used to dye, to dye hair with. And, and would you say that that was less damaging to the hair than what these new products are? Mm. Like yes. these mainstream products that yeah. you mm -hmm. get in the store? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. You know, a lot of these stuff, you know, they use things that um, straighten the hair. Like cow urine and ashes that they would use to straighten the hair, but they would use it to straighten the hair out so they can braid it 
-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Precisely. You know what I'm saying? So those are some of the things. There are multiple things that I talk about in the book, you know, as far as that they retrieve and some of the things that they had to settle for once they got into slavery because they had no access to the things that they had um, in, in, in nature, even extensions. You know what I'm saying? We think extensions, girl, let me go and get these extensions put in my head. They think this is something new. This is a new phenomenon that started in the 21st century. No, they've been doing these things. You know, like I'm saying, if you look back, going back to the the Himba people, you know what I'm saying? They use extensions in their hair. They use uh, sheep hair and, and, and other animal hairs to make extensions for, you know what I'm saying, um, for the hair. So a lot of the things that we're doing today they, our ancestors been doing for centuries, you know, mm. you know, even with the braiding of the hair, the braiding of the hair, a lot of people think that braiding of the hair came from out of slavery. Mm-hmm. They was actually braiding their hair in Africa way before the, uh, way before they was encountered by the European, but braiding hair became synonymous with slavery because I mean, that was something that they could just do to try to maintain the hair without yeah. combing because they was mm-hmm. using stuff this uh I can't think of this too that they would use to brush the animals with man and it was pulling their hair out. They had no a lot of stuff that they had to use. So they was using cooking cooking grease and butter to you know to lay the hair down, you know, using this this sheep brush to try to brush their hair, pulling their hair out. So you know mm. the best method was to try to braid it. Braid it or cover the hair. Yeah. You know, to cover the hair yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Um, what kind of um, products did um, Madam C.J. Walker come up with? Man, well, she, you know, I didn't get too far into the what the uh, the basics of what all of the the stuff that she had mm-hmm. because, but she she's you know the story was that she had a vision. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And she she went to Africa. And even when you look at her story, it doesn't tell because I don't read multiple books on Madam C.J. Walker and a few articles on Madam C.J. Walker. And um, it never really goes too specific on what she went or what she got from Africa because she's saying some of her stuff that she utilized came from Africa. Mm-hmm. But you say some people say that she she took some some uh some things from the other sister that I also talk about, you know, in the book, but you know, she were her, some of her stuff was to, to help her hair grow. Because when you look at this, when you read about Madam CJ Walker, she got into it because of the patches that, you know, her hair was falling out, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then she got up under the the, um, tutelary of the other sister that I talk about in the book, you know what I'm saying, where she don't get that much shine. Um, and boy, she, that lady not, and I talked about her first before I even <laughs> talked about Madam C.J. Walker. And, I, right. she, and I'm tired and her name <laughs> is just escaping me. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, dang, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm tired. I can't no, remember her name. Hold on. Uh, is it uh, Anna Malone? Yeah, and, and I done done a whole presentation mm. on this sister, bro. I got a whole presentation. <laughs> I, already, on. I know how it go, man. Yeah. I know how it go. Mm-hmm. And um, alone. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, everybody, man, definitely go and get this book. Um, it's it's it covers a lot, and it's it's been put together dope. Um, it's it's a topic you know that we don't really discuss often. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know you have, well, actually, on your um, YouTube channel, um, Kofi, Kofi Pasa TV, um, you have a segment called uh, Warrior Scholars, and uh, I've had the honor and pleasure to be yes, on sir. there, and I definitely appreciate that. Um, okay. uh, definitely a big fan of your show. Um, so now that I have you on my show, right, I got to ask you, who are some of your favorite Warrior Scholars? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, okay. Um I'll, I'll name the people who actually impacted my life. Mm -hmm. uh, John Henry Clark. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Ben mm -hmm. was another one. Asa Hilliard was mm -hmm. another one. Uh, Doc, I mean, uh, Sheikh Antidiak was another one. Uh, Chancellor Williams, definitely, you know what I'm saying, another that His book, uh, Destruction of Black Civilization, yeah. man, mm -hmm. uh, was one of my favorite, uh, favorite reads, man. So, those I can say were the ones who actually changed my whole life, my worldview, my perspective when I started digging into these uh these books and uh reading these books had a great impact over my life. Some of the ones that current today, um I'll I'll say even though he only published one book, but uh but uh Brother Smash Rockwell, you know, mm -hmm. everybody know him as the uh, Magi or Jonathan Owens. Uh, the Handbook for the Conscious Community. I, that's one of my favorite books. Um, uh, our star uh, book. Uh, and he got so many of them out. Um, uh, I can't think of the one before the, the recent one that he put out. Uh, he put it out in 2016. That was my favorite. I know it was in 2016. That was my favorite book in 2016. But a brother of Sar. It's one. Uh, Baba M. Hotep is another one. You know Baba M. Hotep? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, um, man, I, I like I like his style of writing. I like Baba M. Hotep. Um, man, who else? Uh, you know. Yeah. My team. You. Yeah, my team. Sure. <laughs> my team. Yeah. Um, what what is the in today's time with you know everything that black people are going through and oppress people all over the world, right? Um, why is it important to be, you know, serious with your studies um, as a young black man or young black woman in America? Why is it important for us to continue to buy these books and and continue to educate ourselves about who we are? Man, because it's it's gonna empower you. It's 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 um yes, it's gonna it's gonna empower you, it's gonna make you aware. That's all conscious is, is a being aware, being aware of your surroundings. And I, you know, once we get and we dig into who we are, because through the school system or the food system, man, whether we know it or not, you know what I'm saying. It is not empowering us, man. It's empowering us to go and work for somebody else. It's empowering us that we did nothing for, we didn't do nothing for civilization, but the Greeks and the Romans and et cetera, they did all these great things that they contributed and we made no contributions to the, we made no contributions to the world. So mm -hmm. through those studies, it lower our children's self-esteem, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. they become young adults with young self-esteem, I mean, with low self-esteem, you know what I'm saying? And they make some of the same mistakes that, you know, over and over and over because 
they don't know truly who they are. They don't mm. know that the contributions that they're made. They don't know that when you think of, because when I when when I mention a scientist, people most of us will think of white men right. and white co white co uh, white you know white jackets, long white mm -hmm. jackets. But I don't you know when I think of that or I think of intelligence, I don't think of Europeans, even though that was shoved in our face and pushed in our face, you know, through our school and not only through our school, through the religion. You know, mm -hmm. you go to grandmama's house, you go, you know, she got white Jesus hanging up on the wall. You know what I'm saying? Or you go, you know, you go to these, some of these black churches, they got white mirrors of the uh, arch angle Michael. And, you know, they got mm -hmm. all these <laughs> other biblical characters in white. So we're being conditioned that, okay, mm -hmm. man, all these godly figures and all these people who contribute to society right, are white. didn't look like us. Mm -hmm. So once we get into the studies and we look at it and say, oh, okay, we were here first. We did, we, you know, we, we, you know, we created this, that, that, and the third. Okay, okay, well, we did contribute some of these things. So if my ancestor did these things, I can do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I mm -hmm. can, I can, I can do these same things. So now it's empowering me, you and it's expiring me now because now I'm reading material of stuff of people who look like me that made major contributions to the world that I had no clue about. Right. So now it's empowering me, and now I'm it's empowering me to go and empower my family. And it, and I'm speaking from my from my from from me. It took me and it empowered me to come up and do the same thing for us. Now I have to share this information with other mm -hmm. people. Right, you know, right. so, so mm -hmm. I created the phrase, as I learned, we all learn, right. which is a spinoff from each one, teach one, mm -hmm. you know. So I made it my duty, you know what I'm saying, to share this information so I can empower some some of my people. It may not empower everybody to tune in and watch the shows on Kofi Paisai TV or on Mossy Warrior Clan, but mm -hmm. it's gonna it may empower a few where those few may be able to share this information, you know what I'm saying, get their studies up and then empower their family and it trickle down. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's very important. You know, when we talk about liberating our people, like I'm saying, now it makes us aware of things. So now we know what to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Now we know not to fall for the okie doke anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, now we have our mindsets can change. We're okay. Now we can be, we can be entrepreneurs as well. You know, we, we can be entrepreneurs. We can own things. We can own things as well. We are smart and intelligent, just like anybody else is smart and uh, in intelligent. We can set up our own government, our own structure that benefits, you know, that benefits us. You know, we can do, you know, we can do all these yeah. these things. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So these things can definitely, the studies can definitely impact your life, empower your life, and change your your community. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Some of the with some of the values that we have because we no longer have those values, those morals and those edicts anymore. We have forgot a lot of those different things. Some of those things we don't have to have in practice today because they are outdated. But some of those things are de definitely still relevant into the 21st century that I that I think that that could push us collectively forward. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Um, do you think that is the motivation behind? all these Southern states with these book bans. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, yes, they, they, I mean, they, 
they doing everything, man, in their power to stop this. Right. Because it's 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 very noticeable now. Mm-hmm. At first it wasn't noticeable, but it's noticeable. It's out now. in the open. Right. It's out in the open, brother. We are aware. We we not falling for none of it. You got too many smart Negroes right mm-hmm. now, and we have to put a stop in it. Mm-hmm. We have to take certain books out of the school system. We gotta stop talking about certain things. We gotta do these ban the ban these books across the states. You know what I'm saying? You know, we got to start implementing certain other strategies within the school system, you know what I'm saying, and within the, within, within the states, because if we don't, it's definitely is going to be a problem. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely right. going to be a problem. And I think they, like, whenever they saw the reaction to uh, um, the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor murders, right, when they saw the reaction um, where it was a lot of, obviously, you know, black people were holding a line. We were the ones that started this off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they didn't expect that. Uh, I think they didn't expect the people from other races to be involved mm-hmm. like they were, which I think they're like, nah, well, we got to put a stop to learning about, we got to put put a stop to teaching this type of history in school for two reasons. Obviously, we don't want, we don't want to make, um, we don't want to give African people any type of uh, inspiration to uh, want to begin to take agency over their own lives and mm-hmm. question our institutions, such as, you know, the religious institutions of America, capitalism, imperialism, and start and begin to question these things. Well, they don't want, they don't want white people, young white kids to do that either. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I'm saying? Um, because this is, this is how empires crumble whenever they're made aware of how that empire is actually running. And over time, obviously, it's not anything that they can... Um, that they can uh, stop, I would say. This is just prolonging it. Um, due to the fact that this is happening, though, and it is a it is a a, a, a real thing that's going to affect a lot of families. You have um, brother Paul Scott on it on your show. You know he's out here passing up passing out books. You know to the neighborhood. Um, what are some ways in real time? we can, I guess, come, you know, combat the establishment, um, making it harder for our children um, to learn about their history and learn about uh, institutional racism and oppression and things of that nature. What are some things that you think we can do, you know, because, I mean, it's serious, because, you know, when I think about it, um, every, every, child every every black child doesn't necessarily have a parent in the household that can teach them these things right um and it's not a knock on any some may not know some may work and work and work to be able to you know uh, pay rent and 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 you know feed the family um because obviously we live in a society now where cost of living keeps going up 
but wages ain't going up, which is another thing that you add that into the pot, right? And you have people of all races that's going to eventually be pissed, you know? Um, but keeping it with our children and our communities, um, what are some things that we can do in order to, you know, I guess, combat the uh, institution and their fight against um, our children's education? Programs. We need programs in the community, man. Um, you know, I have just started something called the Ubuntu uh, Youth Foundation, mm -hmm. and it's dealing with kids. I actually started them. Uh, I got a bunch of studio equipment, so I started the Ubuntu Music first, and this was a program just, you know, kids, you know, we are musically inclined, you know, we love music, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us wake up, we listen to music, we get in the cars, we listen to music, uh, you know, uh, we on the job, and we able to have, you know, headphones, we listen to music, I mean, so we, in some form of fashion, we always listen to music, so mm -hmm. this program I was going to utilize for uh, teaching the, uh, the, the kids uh, the program on how to, how to play keys, Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. How to use the MPC, how to record, how to arrange vocals, how to write a 16 uh, verse, uh, a chorus, eight, eight bar verse, mm. um, how to mix music down. Um, I can't master, but I got a guy who went to school for mastering, was mm -hmm. going to come show them how to master. So this can be a skill set that I can teach them that they can learn. And then and they can you know, use they, and make money with. You they know can use saying? it exactly. But then I I thought about the other things as far as like the educational part. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, let me go and create the Ubuntu uh, Youth Foundation mm -hmm. because I tried to start a program when I first moved back here with a bunch of black men, and it fell through. We met and met and met, and when we got ready to start to put the work in everybody start making excuses and it fell through you know mm, yeah and but the programs we need to develop more programs for the kids where we can teach our kids uh about the contributions that their ancestors made teach them about politics you know what i'm saying teach mm -hmm. them political science yep. you know what i'm saying and the, teach, his, the history of our own yeah, freedom fighters yeah you know our what I mean? history of right the history of our own freedom fighters you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying the great people who stood up and fought for you know that you know fought for our civil you know our civil rights you know what i'm saying the the people who made major contributions here as well as what our ancestors did in Africa, in the Caribbean, you know, and also in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in South of South America. So, you know, these programs where you got history, where you got them, where you're teaching the political science, you're teaching them about fin financial literacy, um, um, you teaching them about adult, adulthood, you know what I'm saying? Be you know, adulthood, um, you know, so those po uh, those programs are very important. So we have to get in there early, and 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 develop these programs and and rally behind our children. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, take them off to uh, uh, on trips. You know, because that's yeah. what we're gonna end up doing. Taking them on trips, let them see in something the stuff that they actually read. Let them see some of these stuff verbatim. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When we talk about Martin Luther King or we talk about Malcolm X, like, you know, we're going to take the kids to Memphis. Memphis is yeah. about, 
to the Lorraine Motel. To the Lorraine Motel down there, you know, take them down there and look, you know, look. So it's See, that kind of stuff is powerful, man. And yes. that that stuff like that could change change the trajectory of mm-hmm. our children's lives. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so I definitely salute you for that. Um, and it, but it it kind of so we have on we have on one side the institution white folks fighting against black people having the ability to learn against them to I mean to learn about themselves right mm-hmm. um but then on this other side we have a new movement of black people who call themselves conscious who are making a living spitting misinformation to the community when it comes to first off because we know what it does on the side of the european right as far Mm -hmm. we know what effects that has what do you think the effect is on those who look like us who are teaching these doctrines that you know we're not african um that are teaching you know all of these different things that are harmful especially to those who are new to studying about themselves and are new to learning and and you know because you know in that beginning stage before you're un- before you're before you understand um how to vet sources before you understand how to you know do all of that stuff right uh-huh. like you open your sponge to to everything yes so how do you think that you know what they're doing what you know the black folks who are who are have on these platforms you know spewing this misinformation especially um that you know we aren't of african descent um how do you think that is affecting the community? Oh man, it's affecting us the same way that it's affecting them. I mean, because we're we're taking on somebody else's identity and somebody else's cultural practices, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you know now we're looking in and or or and we're not only taking on the identities of the, those other cultures, but you now we mixing it in and we're saying that it's Africa. So yeah. <laughs> now you got people talking about chakras, right? That mm-hmm. you know, so that that's that's Hindu. That's mm-hmm. Hinduism, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Hinduism has nothing to do with Af- with, with, with African culture and tradition. That's right. that's you know, so uh, uh Buddhism, you know, people start mentioning Buddhism or Shintoism in and saying that this is African culture, you know what I'm saying? But now we got chakras, we got we got stones. We got flat up, we got flat earthers, we Native Americans, because that's that's the popular popular thing that's going on right now is the Native yeah. Americans. Mm-hmm. And um, but we want to be everything but African, you know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everything but African. So we're attaching ourselves to these other identities where now we're becoming anti-African. And then when we speak of anything about our own heritage and our own culture. We have a distaste for it. We have a disdain look on our face when mm-hmm. someone else is, is talking about it. And now you're talking about, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, I tell people, man, you're talking about your mother every day. You're talking about your grandfather right. every day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we just want to attach ourselves with everything else but mm-hmm. Africa. And it's no excuse now for us not to know who we are because 
we have information at our fingertips now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Our parents, you know what I'm saying? They didn't have it. They didn't have right. uh, online bookstores. They didn't right. have multiple book black owned books. You know, bookstores and 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 that some of our parents or grandparents ain't ain't too far removed from slavery and mm -hmm. even transitioning out of uh, being emancipated. You know, it was still against the law for blacks to even read Green. and write. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they had an excuse. They they didn't have these resources that we have. Right. So we have these resources, so we don't have to be misled, but it goes back to us being lazy. Like a lot of us are definitely lazy. So intellectually, huh? Right, right. Yeah. Intellectual lazy. So it's good if I can load, I can, you know, cut on my laptop or cut on my phone, flip to the camera, go live, and I can talk about some stuff as long as I sound and, and as speak long as you're charismatic, yeah, right, and charismatic, and speak like I know what I'm talking about. Then people, people buy into that because mm -hmm. what, and because what happened is this: they take the, they take the religious paradigm, uh, into the conscious community. Yes. So, and what I mean by that is most like down here, I'm I'm from Mississippi, mm -hmm. so in the South, this is the this this is the Bible Belt, right? So majority of the black people in the South, right. Or, or, or just say in Mississippi, or Christians. So when you speak to most of them, they tell you, my pastor said, my pastor said. So the pastor is delivering the word from God. He's being charismatic. He's speaking with proper rhetoric. He's speaking like he knows what he's talking about. And then they take that and regurgitate that information because mm -hmm. he sound like he know what he's talking about or he's inspired by God. Instead of go reading that for himself. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And the book even tells you our people have been destroyed for a lack of knowledge. knowledge. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So we're not going to seeking, you know what I'm saying? Or we're not going to verify. So we take that same conditioning, that religious conditioning that we had, that all we have to do is listen to someone speak and then we can regurgitate what we said my pastor said my pastor yeah. said so we take that same thing into the country's community so now your pastor become the person behind the camera mm. so once he's he's <laughs> he speak with proper rhetoric and charismatic and he can hold the attention of those who are looking or who are engaged on the other side of the camera they do the same thing they become his pastor and they regurgitate this same dangerous information without going to verify this information and seeing if it's what uh, uh, um, is, is it is it is it going to hold up? You see what I'm saying? So they bring in that same mindset over into the conscious community. You know what I'm saying? Because religion, in my perspective, it has made us lazy and it mm -hmm. has made us crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we take that same thing over, you know, over there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then we're not understanding about what proper research is because you said you, you said something a while ago about um, when we first coming in, you know, we like a sponge. We listen to everything. Mm -hmm. I fell I fell victim to that. Mm -hmm. When I first come in, I came into a bar, I was pseudo as a as <laughs> I was too, pseudo, bro. <laughs> but too. I was I was trying, I'm just, yeah, you know, I didn't you, know. Right. I'm, so I'm just right. listening, I'm just grabbing. But you stuff. studied your way out of it, you know. Yeah, what I'm I studied saying? right. I studied my way out <laughs> of it and I understand I, so and then when I understood what 
proper research methodology was or what methodology was, that was a game changer for right. me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and a lot of people that were my heroes were no longer my heroes because they are now I know that you are pushing misinformation. Yeah. Now I know how to now I know how to go and verify and comb through those sources that you had and vent those sources and 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 see, right? Is it gonna hold up? You know what I'm saying? So now my heroes become my zeros. I'm no longer following because they pushing something that you know that they mm -hmm. that, that's anti-African. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I say anything that we're practicing that has nothing to do with our heritage, you know what I'm saying, it's anti. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's very dangerous for those guys. And then those guys even are not even genuine because now, and, and I'm going to tell you something, a lot of these guys that you said that are making money, mm -hmm. bro, they know better. Yeah. But it, it's just like, but they just like the preachers. I know some preachers that know better, but they make a living, bro. They don't yeah. have to, they don't, they yeah. make a living. They yeah. don't have to go on mm -hmm. nobody's job. Mm -hmm. They got a building. Mm -hmm. They get paid to talk, right? Mm -hmm. They get tax exempt, but they don't have to pay any taxes, right? Mm -hmm. They can buy things and get tax exempt long as they use, you know, because it's a nonprofit, they, you know. No, yeah. So they, you know, so they know better, but it's a hustle for them. So these same individuals that's over here, some of them know better, but it's, it's but the misinformation is more appeasing to our people. So yeah. they make a they so they take, you know, so they take uh, you know, they take advantage of our people, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just to inline their pockets. And, yeah. and it goes back to individualism. They don't care nothing. They say they for the people, but they ain't for the people. They nah. for their pocket. They for the right. pocket. Yeah, yeah. No, that's real. That's real. Um, last thing I want to ask you, man. Um what are your thoughts on because all right, I'll preface it this way. Um Pan-Africanism, right? It's not the idea that the continent and the diaspora have has to think the same, right? It's never that'll never happen. We're not monolithic people, but it is the idea that our struggles can be connected and our fight for liberation can be connected. Um we are fighting obviously a power that has helped to colonize the entire world, right? Mm -hmm. um, we are not talking about like some little bitty entity here. Um, to me, it's more than apparent that the only way we can liberate ourselves is if we liberate ourselves together. But recently, there have been a movement that seems to be hell-bent on attacking Pan-Africanism. What are your thoughts on that? Man, yeah, it's, um, I, um, I mean, it's heartbreaking to me, but I, I did, uh, and see, that's the thing with me, like, I, I respond when some of these things come out. I respond like with with books. I mm -hmm. respond with books because even with the the thing about the the Native American thing, yeah. You know, uh, one of the volumes I put out, I wrote about the Native Americans and in the whole whole thing about the Native American and why we think we Native American and all that stuff. But I, I did a show, uh, man. It's been uh, maybe maybe last year. Mm -hmm. It's Pan African pseudo. 
because people was attacking pan-Africanism and then they were saying that it was pseudo, right? Hey, so that, that doesn't even make sense though. Like yeah, yeah, but <laughs> so you know, and and man, I like and I seen it like and then I like and then you know I seen a conversation about it, man. I was like, you know what? You know, I'm not because I'm I'm not gonna go back and forth with nobody on on the internet. Yeah. Um. You know, on Instagram or Facebook, I'm not gonna go back and forth. I mean, even I, if I'm on somebody's platform, you know, when people go back and forth, fussing and hollering at each other, I'm, I don't yeah. even engage. Yeah. In it, so I say, you know, if if it's something you know worthy of my time, I respond by writing an article, writing a writing a book, or putting a presentation together on, and just putting it out there. So mm -hmm. I put a, together a presentation about Pan Africanism. You know, and is Pan-Africanism pseudo, you know, so I talked about, you know, uh, the importance of Pan-Africanism, how Pan-Africans was started. People were saying Pan-Africans just over, over here in the United States. Right. It's dumb. It's, and, you know, that, and, and that's why I don't like to engage with people, because when people make dumb comments, I already know that, that they don't know no better. Mm -hmm. They're not well studied on the matter. Mm -hmm. So it don't matter what I say to them. They're not going. Exactly. They, you know, so it just mm -hmm. I'm not going to I'm not going to waste my time. But um, you know, Pan Africanism, man, is is very important because, you know, the system that you that you mentioned when we talk about Europeans, we we we, and and we, but we don't talk about the Arabs as much. We know the Europeans yeah. done as much, you know, done the mm -hmm. most damage. But we know Arabs done some damage, but we give them a pass. You know, we don't talk about but the Arabs and the European, but especially mm -hmm. the European. We talk about the power because they don't raise hell from every <laughs> right. corner of the earth. <laughs> from every corner of the earth so you know if we can and, and, and if pan-africanism is an ideal of unifying africans worldwide you know pan means all right mm -hmm. so it means to unify all africans worldwide because man we all have the same ills right right you know socially politically and economically i don't mm -hmm. care what part of the we've been we all treat i don't care if you go over there to brazil right now some same black thing. folks over the same thing right mm -hmm. you go to jamaica it's the same, same thing. thing. You go to Togo, it's the it's same, same thing. thing. You come over here and go to Michigan, it's the same thing. So we are suffering. We have the same plights, right? Mm -hmm. So if we unify and if we strategize, you know what I'm saying, then we can begin to correct some of the situations we in. But, but again, when we say, you say African-centered, right, we're talking about the 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 cultural ideals when it comes to our moral principles and edicts and ethics you know what i'm saying on how we treat each other so mm -hmm. we have lost those types of things and then now we everything else but african so and now it's no longer about communalism or tribalism again it's about individual individualism or it's about it's still individual individualism when it comes to different sects of groups so now the Hebrews don't want to work with the Moors, you know what I'm saying? Or the Moors don't want to work with the Pan-Africanism. The Pan-Africanism don't want to work with the Christians. The right. Christians don't want to work with the Arabs, right? So we it, it has, and, and we're all suffering because at the end of the day, it don't matter what's going on. Those folks are not asking you when you go into the banks, when you go on the jobs, when you go into their institutions. Yeah, they're not asking or, you none of that shit that's dividing. <laughs> Right, so they're not asking you nothing. And we're going through the same thing. 
-hmm. So if we understood the ideal of unifying, of unifying for one common goal, you know what I'm saying, you know, socially, politically, and economically, and we begin to sit down at the table and start to hash out some of these things, okay, your beliefs is your beliefs. You leave that at the house. When we get together, I'm going to leave what I got at the mm -hmm. house or what I believe in or what I practice. And we come together and we talk about the issue that is affecting Facts. us on a whole, on the, you know, us on a whole. Mm -hmm. Then we strategize and we plan on what are we going to attack first. We're going to attack the social issues first or we're going to attack the political issues first or we're going to attack the economic issues first. You know what I'm saying? So we need to strategize and see mm -hmm. one thing, you know, I can say about the Europeans is they didn't like each other. When you go through the they historical still record and record, but right. When, but, but, yeah, I already but know. When it, but yeah, right. So you understand. So mm -hmm. they understand that they have to unify in order to for for the for the for the greater good of them all, right? Right. You know, but we can't do that. You they'll know, they'll stay, they'll stay on that. I hate to use Tariq's word, but they'll stay on code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, um, so until people understand that I that ideal, no matter, you know, you know, until they understand that ideal and that concept and that ideology, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna forever be separate. We're going to forever be arguing about the issues that we're mm -hmm. going through and we're never going to be able to fix them because this person or this group don't want to work with this group. This mm -hmm. group here don't want to work with this group. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to like each other, but when we, we what we need to come together, hey, it ain't about yeah. the, our views or our beliefs at this moment. It's about us making a better way for ourselves or not a, not or if not a better way for ourselves but another a, a better way for the next generation and a generation and a generation after that we shouldn't have to keep going through the continuous cycle of going through hell you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying mm -hmm. you know so you know african yeah. you no you're right because then you made a point about you know religion as far as like that's what malcolm said man leave your religion at home you know mm -hmm. and that's why not only did he have the, you know, organization of Afro-American unity, but, you know, he had his religious organization, Muslim Mosque Incorporated as well, because mm -hmm. we got to, you know, even in that same speech, he talked about, we'll, we won't get anything accomplished if we start debating religion. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. that's personal. And it's yep. between you and whatever you subscribe to, mm -hmm. right? It ain't nothing to debate about, right? Right. Um, but... Brother Kofi, man, I, I, I appreciate you for come on, coming on um, the book, Africa's Hair. Where can, where can everybody get it? Man, Same Tree Different Branch Publishing. Go to www.sametreedifferentbranchpublishing. Every week is going to be uploaded to a different market, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, uh, Books a Million, et cetera, et cetera. But to support me, you go to my website. If you if you want to support me, don't go to those other markets. Go to www.sametreedifferentbranchpublishing.com to get Africans Hair before doing the after slavery or any other books that I wrote or any other books that the group that I belong to wrote or we wrote collectively or we wrote individually or, or is on Same Tree Different Branch Publishing. That is my publishing company. I also publish books um as well, but. You know, again, for the listening audience, always patronize the author directly. If he mm -hmm. don't have any books to sell, then you go to the other markets and buy it to support him. 
but I want all my intellectual property. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So I want my money. You get because a lot of times they have to wait to get their money, and then it's a 60-40 split, 60 mm -hmm. their way, 40 their way, or a 70-30 split. I mm -hmm. want all my I want all my money for my intellectual property. So patronize the author directly. Yep, and I will uh the link will be in the description. Once again, Kofi Pasa, man. Everybody go subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Kofi, Kofi Pasa TV. Uh great content on there. Um man. Go to Masi too. Tell them to Oh yeah, my and go to yeah, go to uh, Masi Warrior Clan YouTube channel as well. Um uh yeah, man. Support, support, support. The brothers out here doing great work. Again, I appreciate you for coming on, bro. All right, man. Appreciate you, man, for having me, man. Anytime, man. It's first of many. We're gonna we're gonna run it back. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. All right, All right. peace. Peace, peace.